Legends say that these here woods are home to skimwalkers. Welcome back to the swamp, my friend, and welcome if you're new. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true skimwalker encounter horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share, whether it's a skimwalker encounter or something different, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. Speaking of skimwalkers and other terrifying creatures, I recently started streaming on Twitch where I play games like Folklore Hunter where we hunt down skimwalkers and wendigos, or the Bigfoot game where we hunt down Bigfoot. It's a lot of fun, and if you'd like to join us, you can find a link to do so in the description. Now, without further ado, let's jump right into these creepy and allegedly true skimwalker encounters. There's a logical explanation for everything. Well, that's what my father always said. Of course, he doesn't know what happened to me and my buddies while camping nine years ago. Why should he? Adults and most especially parents mistake traumatic events as an overwhelming experience for your age. Or something that your brain can't handle. Or simple imagination. But what happened to me those years ago still scares me to this very day. And it was no imagination. I had just graduated high school, and me and my friends were about to go our separate ways in life. It just felt too soon. They were already talking about careers and colleges, and this scared me because of the thoughts of never seeing them again were very overwhelming. So when I suggested the thought of a week-long camping trip for one last get-together, they all said yes. We would usually camp in the woods near glacier-filled lakes deep in the wilderness, but, for the last get-together, I wanted to do something special. We were going to try camping in a section of land known as Sand Wash. Sand Wash is a large extension of land mostly consisting of desert that stretches over the border of Colorado and Wyoming. In the wintertime, Sand Wash was a cold, harsh environment that would chill you to the bone. But the summer was a whole different world. It was, well, just picture desert, I guess in the summertime, and you got the picture. We graduated early in the summer, so we still had some time before the hot temperatures rolled in. Sand wash was beautiful. The red-colored rock and the pattern of wild horses give it a vibe like no other place that I have ever camped. We spent a while planning the trip from how much food we needed to exactly where we would be camping. The stay would be for around a week if not five days which would mean we were going to have to pack a lot. After packing and deciding the spot where we would set up camp, we set off to Sandwash. Sandwash was not too far from where we lived. It was only around a two-hour drive, and the roads were easy enough to navigate. Once you hear the bussing of dirt bikes and all that good stuff, you know that you're not too far away. Then, you start seeing the greenish-blue sagebrush, and you know you're getting very close. It was me and my three other friends, and for privacy reasons, I'll be calling them Jack, Ryan, and Jacob. All four of us inched closer and closer to the gate that separated us from the country in Sandwash. So, I stepped out of the car while everyone else waited, and I undid the metal crate. Then I hopped back into the truck and drove into the desert. The roads were extremely rough, almost like they haven't been used or have been overused. 
We could hear all the stuff in the trailer bumping around and shuffling around due to the massive rocks and bumps in the road. Everyone was doing that thing five-year-old kids do when their parents drive over bumpy roads. They make that annoying vocal noise that goes up and down. I thought it was childish at first, but then I eventually found myself joining along. We had reached the turnoff on the dirt road that led us to the site we were camping at. This road took us very far from the main road and even closer to the border of Wyoming. The road didn't look too bad. There were some divots in the road, but nothing worse than the one we had just driven on. So, I made the gentle swerve onto that road toward our campsite. After an hour of driving, we could start to see our campsite in the distance. It was situated in the side of a small sand and mud-covered mountain that had a clearing wiped clean of sagebrush and rocks. After driving closer and closer, we noticed a foul stench that grew stronger and stronger. It smelled like a rotting carcass that has been stuck in the sun all day. Jacob, whose eyes were watering at this point, started gagging because of how strong the aroma had become. The stench was so strong that all of us started gagging as well. Now the smell was most likely the rotting body of an antelope or something like that. The desert here doesn't get too much water, so I could comprehend the possibility of a dead dehydrated antelope. So I just stuck with that and thought that that's what it was. I thought it would go away once we reached the campsite. After three and a half hours of a bumpy and stench-filled drive, we made it to the site. It was smaller than the pictures looked, but it had enough room for all of us. Without a single word, Ryan opened the trailer and was quickly buried by the misplaced objects that were thrown around while driving. Instead of helping him, we just stood there laughing our asses off because of how stupid he looked. I think he even cracked a smile despite being underneath the grill. Eventually, we all got our cool and started helping him out of the mess and started laying everything out. Our tents were spaced out about four feet apart to where we wouldn't be able to hear each other snoring. At around 5.30, we had unpacked and were already getting dinner ready. We were eating smoked barbecue ribs for dinner, which the stench of made our mouths water. We kept all the food that we needed preserved in a suitcase-sized cooler that weighed roughly 70 pounds with ice in them. Soon, there was no sound and light except the lanterns and Christmas lights we had hung around our campsite and the old wireless radio we had. We all sat around the campfire telling stories and figuring out what we were going to do with our lives. After eating, which filled us up plenty, I told Jack, who was also the chef and in charge of food, to put the ribs in the cooler and put the ribs away in the trailer. He said alright with a boozy and drunk tone in his voice, even though we didn't bring any alcohol with us. So we all got in our tents and said goodnight to each other. Weapon-wise, all I brought was a 22. I didn't want anything really crazy, but I also wanted something for protection, you know? And a 22, regardless of what anybody says, will take you down if you get a good shot in you. Ryan did see me packing it, though, and asked what it was for, and I, of course, told him. And he replied, So if we get bored, we can shoot some gophers or something? I said in a playful but decent tone, but I was lying, if, and he knew it too. When I woke up during the night, I felt like I was drowning. It was like the air was being sucked out of my body, and when I smelt that god-awful rotting corpse smell, but ten times as strong, I started vomiting and gagging due to the stink it gave off. I could hear everyone else puking inside their tents as well, but what scared me even more was the sound of ice being poured on the ground. The cooler, somebody said. It's a goddamn coyote. 
I clenched my fist with the rage of Jack not putting the cooler away like we asked, and just like that our camping trip is ruined. I slept next to the 22 and stuck it out the small hole in the tent. I had a blind shot, so I stuck the barrel in the air and fired a warning shot. I heard footsteps scurrying away. I knew it left. What really scared me is that the footsteps sounded bipedal. It means whatever it was must have been walking on two legs, and it sounded heavy. Each footstep could be felt in my chest. It sent shivers through my spine. I just haven't experienced anything like it before or since. I jumped out of my tent to see nothing but blackness and firelight illuminating the empty cooler before us. I don't remember what the hell happened. All I remember is sitting there staring into the desert. Ryan and Jacob were both yelling profanities at Jack, and I just sat there speechless, just wondering what the hell had broken into our campsite. A human wouldn't eat raw ribs fresh out of the cooler, and certainly wouldn't walk away towards an active campsite and steal from someone. So, what were we dealing with? The next morning, we checked the damage to see nothing but the spilled ice now a puddle on the ground. We left that to Jack, but me and Ryan were talking about what happened last night. We came up with some theories, but decided that it was probably gone and not coming back knowing that we have a weapon. So, I mostly forgot about it, and we just went back to exploring our area and horsing around. We played cards and made sandwiches for lunch, and scouted the area. Eventually, we saw the sun sinking below the horizon, so Jack fired up the grill and started getting dinner ready. We sat down and started playing a bunch of songs by Glenn Campbell. Everyone else seemed relaxed but me. I had an uneasy feeling that I was being watched, but I couldn't tell from what it was. But then, we heard the coyotes. Their graceful howl always calmed me down. Their yapping at each other and their howling for whatever reason was calming to me. But then, one of the coyotes made a completely different noise. It sounded as if it were being ripped apart, limb by limb, eye by eye just the most brutal noise imaginable. It was the noise of suffering and pain. It made us drop our forks and wonder what just happened. We heard one more scream from the coyote and then complete silence. The silence was the worst part. No noise at all. This desert was dead silent. All you could hear was the cackle of our fire. It was as if someone muted everything around us. There was something wrong with the desert and we all knew it. We lost our appetites. The thought that something could rip apart an animal like that just didn't sit right. If it could rip apart a coyote, well imagine what it could do to us. Suddenly I didn't feel safe at all, like the 22 in my tent wouldn't be enough. Jacob was on the verge of tears. I have never seen anyone so scared before. We sat there, just listening to any noise, but there was nothing. Just silence. So, we decided to sleep it off and wait for daylight. I awoke again with the feeling of drowning. The powerful stench was too much to bear, so I took it out on puking. It was that thing, looking for food once again. I figured that if this thing would return to our campsite, it must be related to the coyotes we had heard being ripped apart earlier. I wanted to see it, but I didn't want to stick my head out of the tent and be stuck with a mental regret for whatever I would see. But I decided... It couldn't be too bad, so I unzipped the small window of the tent in frozen horror. It, it was a man, but as my eyes adjusted and it came closer to the firelight, 
did I really understand. It was no man. The skin was pale with bare spots of exposed flesh. It looked extremely malnourished and skinny. It had a long streak of dark brown hair running down its spine. Its fingers were each around the size of a pencil and just as thin. But the face... The face is what struck me the hardest. It looked like the face of a man, but stretched out and elongated. Like the face of a horse, but with the details of a man's face. It was pure evil. The way it moved, the way it looked, as if it were uncomfortable in its own body. An amalgamation of everything you would expect to see in hell. Almost like every time it moved, it broke a bone in its body. It was tall. Very tall. At least ten feet tall. I was no further than four feet away from it. My heart was beating faster than it ever has in my entire life. I was crying, sobbing like a baby. After snapping myself out of the shock I was in, I slowly bent down to grab the twenty-two, knowing if I miss it will see me, and there's no telling what could possibly happen next. I was shaking so bad I had to press the gun against my chest to get a steady aim. I slowly unzipped the tent window zipper and fired. I hit it all right. It stood up and ran into the desert, on two feet. It scared the living crap out of me. I was not going to step out of that tent. There was no way in hell. What if it came back? What if it ripped open my tent and ran off with me in its grasp? And then came the scream. It was horrible. The sound came from all directions, blowing out my eardrums almost. It sounded like someone was trying to make a woman scream, but out of the tune of a violin. It hurt my ears more than anything I've ever heard. There was no sleeping that night. I was wide awake, fully alert to anything and any sound that came by. But nothing further happened. Nothing at all. I was so scared that even in daylight, I was scared to step out of my tent. Everyone else looked sleep-deprived and scared for their lives. I figured they saw it too, but I didn't want to ask them. So we packed faster than we ever had before. No one said a single word for the entire drive through the sand wash. But when I stopped to pee, I started to smell that foul aroma that covered whatever that thing was. I didn't have any time to pee, and I just decided to hold it. We drove back to the paved road, which felt great because we knew we were out of there for good. On our way back, we stopped at a gas station to grab some food and use the restroom. I walked up to the cashier and she asked me if I was okay. I didn't say anything but wondered why she asked. It was because my hand was still shaking so badly. She must have thought I had Parkinson's or something. Upon making it home to my parents and they asked me why we came back so early, I told them that there was... There was just some stuff that went down. You know, there was too many bugs and too many people in the site, even though it was rather remote. I don't know. I just didn't want to tell them about our encounter. I don't know what I encountered, a skinwalker maybe, but I'm not going back to find out. I've never told my story before because I thought no one would believe me. But after discovering your show, I wanted to submit my story so other people can hear it without me telling them. Me and those friends meet up every now and then, but that is something we specifically avoid. We refuse to ever talk about it. It's something that still scares us.
Hey there, Swamp and Swamp Folk. I've been listening to your podcast for a while now, from everything disturbing, unexplained, supernatural, and so on. Let me start off by introducing myself. My name is John. I love everything to do with the outdoors. I really am into outback camping in remote areas of the forest that are thick with plenty of room to be by myself. I am a 25-year-old and I live in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. It's quiet and full of land. I go out of my way to find anything that may do with the outdoors. As I said before, I love the outdoors. I decided since the day was going to be nice and plenty of sun, I figured why not go out for a long drive and set up somewhere on the outback of the county as the lands were very nice and they stretched for miles. I checked the time and I figured I would also go by a later time. It was 4.40pm. So like that, I packed some water, my flashlight, and my Smith & Wesson M&P 15. You never know what you'll need when you're out there. But what I saw, I don't think bullets could necessarily take this thing down. I drove out as the sun was starting to set. I also love when it's nighttime. Going in the woods at night has a more magnetic weird feeling, but as for my case, I regret making this decision. I found a pathway onto an old farm. I make my way as it's nearly getting dark. I pull in to find a beaten up farmhouse. The land was congested with weeds and other things alike. I get to the spot where the forest line ends as some makeshift driveway parking lot starts to appear. It was kind of shady. I take my bag and my firearm on me and make my way out of the truck. I walk around the property line trying to get a feel for the area. I was walking. I just started picking up how dead silent was out of nowhere. Every step you could hear the crunch of my shoes. I could almost hear my own heartbeat, that's how deafening it was. At this point, my sixth sense was picking up this odd feeling that I am not alone. Coming from a family of witches and some warlocks dating back to the Salem witch days, I should have said earlier of course, so me being me and burning under a full moon, under stormy weather at directly 12am, I was blessed and could feel different vibrations and senses, like maybe most other wouldn't. No, I'm not that guy who can levitate things with their mind, I wish, but I do have a set of gifts that have aided me in this weird, otherworldly encounter. As I was continuing to walk, I hear to my 8 o'clock a small twig snap followed by a small step. I stop, and what was behind me stopped as well like it was mimicking me. I take a few more steps as so does this thing. I inch myself towards the farmhouse and I swear this unbearable, unshaking feeling of something bad that was going to happen was going off in my head like alarm bells. What was coming towards me sounded bipedal, so it was standing on two legs for sure. I kept backing up as I looked up and noticed it was dark. I was definitely being very aware of my surroundings and intentionally watching and hearing but I never noticed how dark it got. I nearly reached the house when in the distance from the house itself, I'd say I probably covered a half mile or so from the forest line. I saw something standing about 9 or 10 feet off the ground, with glowing, yellow eyes staring me down, not too far from where I was standing. For what felt like hours, but was no more than 45 seconds, this thing started to move in on me. I backed up slowly, as this thing was freakishly tall. Whatever this creature was, it was walking toward me and wanting to do god knows what. But just like that my fear came to life, 
This thing got on all fours and screeched this bellowing cry that shook me to my core as I knew it was none other than the infamous cryptid, known as a skinwalker. It began barreling towards me, but with my quick thinking, I don't know if it was from fear or my primal self-preservation instinct kicking in, I ran up into the house, busting the door down, then slamming it shut. I throw what looked like old furniture like a couch and chair in front of it and push it up against the frame. The old door would not hold very long if this thing really wanted to smash through it, and I was well aware of that. That wood was rotted and dated. But I was hoping that I would be hidden long enough to find a spot to hide or get away. I sat there hiding with my barrel aimed at the door frame for what felt like ages when I eventually started hearing my name being called. It sounded like it was my sister Nicole, but the thing was, she was dead. This monstrosity was copying my dead sister's voice to use as a ploy to lure me out in the open. I did not fall for this trick. I shed a tear and prayed for a miracle to get out of this. Not seconds later, the skinwalker burst through the door, and I let out all of the shots I could. And as I mentioned earlier, I don't think they did much damage, because this thing didn't seem to care. Inside the room was illuminated by the full moon. It stood there with a full smile showing rows of sharp teeth. Then, in this creepy robotic voice with this demon undertone to it, it said, You won't play with me? I pull out of the door and close the door shut running towards the back so I can escape to get back to my truck. When I hear from behind me this horrific screaming followed by the words, Where do you think you're going? Come and play. I reach my truck opening the door, throwing all my stuff to the side, putting in the key and nothing. Oh god no, what the hell, don't do this to me now. I keep giving gas and it slowly started, then boom, it comes to life. I switch on my floodlights into my horror. I see this thing standing exactly ten feet tall or more, to the core, flesh hanging from the limbs, the legs all bent backwards and bones protruding from its knees. I flip into reverse and drive out of there, like a bat out of hell, down this dirt road that was for sure gonna mess up the alignment of my car. Before I got off this dirt road and onto the main stretch of road, followed by another farmland, I saw this thing keeping pace with my truck for quite some time, and I was hauling ass doing about 90 down this dirt road. I know it was not the safest, but I had to get out of there. This thing was following me for what felt like a lifetime, and suddenly darted into the woods disappearing after a while. I have to say, I'm kind of turned off by night walking now that I've explained this story. I'm sorry this was long and I really appreciate you sharing it, Swamp Dweller. I was around 15 years old, so about six years ago now. My parents sent me on a two-month trip in a program called Anasazi. It's a program for troubled youth with drug and mental problems and occasionally used as an alternative to juvenile detention. I was in this program because my parents caught me smoking weed. Oh no, how tragic. During this time, you and three to ten other teens and three adult supervisors called trail walkers will hike 150 miles around the Tonto Basin. Moving in the day and sleeping at night, there are often no trails or roads, it was mainly just bushwhacking through spiny plants and such. 
You get a vegetarian food pack that gets filled every week with the replacement of new leaders for the week, so they can bring the new food and lead us for that week. Now that you know where I am, let's get on with the story. During the beginning of my time, it rained almost every other day, and it was January in the northern parts of Arizona, so it was very cold. Our gear was constantly wet, especially my sleeping bag. It made it very difficult to make friction fires and stay sane, but we managed. It was my second week in and several hours passed since the sun went down and all the teens went to bed. My sleeping bag was very wet and I could not sleep very well, so I gathered up my bag to dry over the campfire. Usually, the supervisors would sleep in shifts in the night, so there was always someone keeping watch. But for some reason, all three were still awake. I walked over and asked one of the leaders to hold the other end of my sleeping bag over the fire and dry it out. After several hours of drying, it got to a point that it was manageable, and I was going to get some sleep. But I decided that I was going to hold off and talk to the leaders a bit. While we were talking about something I don't quite recall, we heard the most terrifying scream anyone could imagine. Directed toward us not even 50 feet away in the black abyss beyond the trees. It was not a scream of terror. It was one of which to try and cause that to others. The scream sounded like an adult man-mountain-lion hybrid creature screaming at the top of its lungs to scare us. It sounded angry, man-like, while sounding feral and guttural, like a large cat. The scream only lasted a second, just a quick loud one. Then all was silent. We were all terrified. I remember seeing the leader's faces with wide eyes, full of terror and worry, while looking at me to see my reaction. Although I was scared, I chuckled nervously and said, what the hell was that? And tried to shrug it off as a cougar or some unknown animal to me. As I knew, I would be staying six more weeks and didn't want to think of any scary creatures out there. After some time, I collected myself and went to sleep. During this time, I would hear experiences with things called skimwalkers in this area. Apparently, a few of the campers and the leaders had used to do like church camp outings here when they were kids and had weird, weird experiences. I thought they were just trying to scare us, though. Years after this experience, the scream haunted me and I began researching. No animals known to man make this particular scream, and especially in the way it was done. It was a man-like scream aimed at us, not some sort of bobcat yelling at each other, or cougars, or any sort of coyote scream. One day I found a plethora of skimwalker content online, like the Swamp Dweller podcast and other things. I heard some interesting things on YouTube, like skimwalker screams that you can find in online videos. And honestly, some of them may sound fake and hilarious, but they are pretty close to what I heard that night. I'm unsure if it was exactly a skimwalker, but I can assure you that I heard something that wasn't known to man. If you have any theories or ideas, let me know in the comments down below. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true skimwalker encounters. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcast or Spotify, please be sure to give this episode a 5-star rating as it helps me out a ton. The more likes and ratings we get, 
the more these platforms push the show and helps us grow, and it's very much appreciated. If you're on the go and don't have YouTube Premium but would like to download and listen to your favorite scary stories from the swamp no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and anywhere else you find your favorite podcast. If you yourself have a story you would like to share in the swamp, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you would like to support the swamp outside of all that, maybe check out our merch store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool swamp threads. Don't forget to join me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm also streaming multiple times a week over on Twitch. You can find the links to all of that in the description. Thank you so much. I'll see you guys soon with another creepy video.